Thank you for joining us for this special edition of the Colorado PGA's Elevation Podcast. I'm your host, Holly Champion, and I'm the section's Education and Membership Director. In this special edition, we highlight three of our PGA of America golf professionals who have been chosen as 2023 award winners. Our Assistant Professional of the Year, Marcus Gilmore, Teacher of the Year, Ed Oldham, and Golf Professional of the Year, Bob Doyle. I was able to sit down with each of them and ask them some burning questions about their experiences and what it's like to be recognized as a section award winner. Let's lead off with Assistant Professional Marcus Gilmore at Fort Collins Country Club. There really must be something about their team at Fort Collins because they have taken the Assistant Professional of the Year Award home now twice in two years, with Megan Hunter being the winner in 2022. Led by PGA head professional Tristan Fay, who also won the same award in 2015 while working for Denver Country Club, their team has cultivated something really special. Let's hear from Marcus now. Marcus Gilmore, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Elevation Podcast. Um, I'm It's my pleasure to interview all three of our of the year award winners, you being the assistant professional of the year. Um, so congratulations on your award. And uh, I'm curious, what what was your first reaction when you learned about winning? Uh, first off, thanks for having me, Holly. I'm, I'm very excited. Um, it was actually kind of funny. Um, I was actually walking out of the grocery store and I had you know my hands full uh, grocery bags and my uh, Apple watch starts ringing and I kind of looked down and it was a unknown number from Colorado Springs. And I kind of had, had a feeling for a second. Um, obviously Kathy left me a voicemail and as soon as I got home, I called her back. Um, she congratulated me, told me everything about the award, where it's going to be. It was going to be, you know, uh, end of October down at Cherry Hills. Um, and then she started, you know, rattling off all the, you know, don't post anything on social media. Don't tell the members yet. Um, you know, all that stuff. As soon as I got off the phone, I kind of had to think about it for a second. I was like, did I, did I win? I like, she said, congratulations. She said where it was. Um, don't post anything on social media. Um, all that stuff. And I kind of got off the phone and I was like, I had to have won. Um, so it kind of took me a second, um, to kind of really realize it. Um, so then it kind of, it kind of, kind of sunk in. So, um, I texted my wife who I know she was in session at work and I told her, I was like, Hey, I was like, we need a babysitter for end of October. Cause I got to go down to Cherry Hills. And she was like, for what? I was like, I got to go accept the assistant of the year nomination. And she, she was very, very excited. So at that point I, I, I called my parents, um, kind of told them, and then that's just kind of how I found out. That's cool. Hands full and everything. Yep, exactly. It's impressive. <laughs> well, I was kind of looking back at some of the history and remember our awards announcement from last year. And the 2022 award winner was Megan, also from Fort Collins Country Club. Mm-hmm. What does that say about your club that you've had two assistant professionals now back to back? Yeah, I think it, it, it means a lot. I mean, obviously, this has never been done before, that the same club has won a back-to-back years with two different assistants. Uh, this is a first. So uh, I've worked alongside Meg for six years now. Uh, we've got to know each other really well. I've helped her with a lot of her stuff. She's helped me with a lot of my stuff. Um, you know, I kind of, you know, help her a lot. And, you know, for her to win that award last year um, was awesome. 
I was so excited for her and it just motivated me even more to try to win it for this year. Um, I know Tristan, my boss, uh, won it in 2015. So he kind of knows what to do and, you know, and, and all those small things that I, I should be doing. So he really helped me out, um, to pursue this. And so I tried really, really hard. I kept doing, I didn't really change much. I kept doing exactly the same thing I always do. Um, and then, you know, as the off season went along and I got nominated, filled out the application and all that stuff. Um, you know, I, I felt really good, but I, I will say that, um, I wasn't for sure that I was, I was going to win. I kind of felt like since we won it last year, that maybe that was a little bit of a knock, but, um, I still believed. And then when I got the call, um, I was very, very excited, but it just kind of shows, you know, what we're doing up here in Fort Collins. Um, Tristan has had this same staff for six years now. He's really developed us and, you know, we kind of, you know, feed off of him and he's just kind of developed this great team. And we just kind of, you know, use it every single day um, to make ourselves better. That's amazing. And definitely a testament to not only your hard work and, and Megan's hard work, but mm-hmm. that leadership of Tristan. Yeah. Um, every time that I think you guys get up and talk about your accomplishments, he's always recognized. So that's really great that you've got that leadership. Yeah. And Megan, Megan, I would not even be here if it wasn't for him. Um, so a lot of the credit, almost all the credit kind of goes to, goes to him and his leadership. That's fantastic. Um, so I was a former assistant before I got to work for the section. And, uh, I remember, you know, there is really no part of your job that you can say, that's not my job, right? You know, Mm -hmm. you get to do a lot of different things in your facility. Do you have a favorite part of all the responsibilities that come with being an assistant professional? Uh, yeah. Um, like you said, we do wear, wear a lot of hats. Um, but my favorite thing uh, is tournament operations, um, whether it's the men's events, the ladies events, even outside events, um, running, setting up, doing everything from sunup to sundown for tournaments is my favorite thing to do. I've played golf tournaments when I was, I think I started golf when I was 10 years old and really got into golf tournaments. And that was my favorite thing to do. And my senior year down at Coastal Carolina, where I went to school, I was the tournament director. Um, And so I was able to set up everything my way. And that was my favorite thing to do. So when I got to uh, Fort Collins here, you know, Tristan was like, you're going to be running the the men's and a lot of the outside tournaments. I was like, perfect. So since then, I tried to make every single one better than the one previous um might be just super small things but i'm like if i was to come and play in this tournament how would i want it set up and that's what i want to give my members and i also want to give um outside guests when they come whether for you know monday outings or other tournaments so that's just my favorite thing to do um you know obviously there's a lot of things that i really like around here obviously the member engagement is probably my my second thing but um my favorite thing to do is setting up tournaments and getting everything ready for that very cool where do you mind me asking where did you play your junior golf uh so i grew up in the east side of iowa Um, so i'm a midwest boy um i played a lot of golf over there um, I went to a community college back home. That was kind of right before I started my PGA career. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, so I played a lot of Midwest golf. And then 
Um, I did have a chance to play down at nationals, uh, one year, which, which was really nice. Um, and then right after that, that's kind of when I was like, you know, if I, if I want to stick in golf, which I know, you know, going to the route of playing on TV, um, I, I knew it wasn't for me. Um, I still wanted to do golf. And one of my old teachers told me about the PGA program. Um, and then he was like, you know, you should go to coastal Carolina. It's warm. It's on the beach. And it's, you know, actually wasn't too far from my grandparents' house. Um, so in 2011, I went down there and I, you know, did my four and a half years down at school and then did a couple tours. Uh, I was actually out here in Colorado once, um, in 2016 for a year. That's kind of when I finished up. I went back home to be the assistant at TPC Deer Run. And then luckily enough in uh, 2018, when I was still trying to come back out here, cause my, my girlfriend at the time was not my wife. She was out here and she was staying out here. And, uh, luckily enough, I kind of, you know, saw the posting here at Fort Collins and Tristan brought me on and I've been here since. That's a cool story. I actually grew up about four hours from Deer Run on the Illinois side. Okay, nice. Um, never got to go to a tournament there, but um, Midwest kid myself. Yeah, I've done, I did two internships there. Um, so I, I saw 2014, um, 2015, and then the assist, I was the head assistant in um, 2017 there. So Very cool. It's not a bad place to learn. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, well, it sounds like you've worked with some really cool properties. You've been kind of all over the country, um, East Coast, Midwest, and now kind of West Midwest. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Some people call Colorado the Midwest. Some people call it the Wild West. I don't know yet. I still say West. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, um, you know, after all those places that you've been, what's one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? You know, I've thought about this one for a while and nothing for me kind of really, you know, sticks out. I, I, I've never had somebody who kind of, you know, had a saying that always kind of, kind of stuck with me. Um, growing up in the Midwest, I've always, you know, been taught to, to work hard and, you know, never take anything really for granted. So kind of when I was, you know, younger and, and growing up um, playing golf and even, you know, some of my, you know, early jobs, you know, working at grocery stores and then stuff like this, I was, I was always taught just to work hard. And if you ever, you know, work hard, good things will always kind of come to you. Um, so I kind of, you know, I mean, I do that every single day while I'm here, or even if I'm at home with my family or, or whatever it is. Um, I just know that you can't take anything for granted. Um, so I try to instill that with my staff here. Um, I kind of oversee some of the, the outside operations and I kind of tell them, I was like, you know, guys, if you work hard, good things are going to come. Um, so it's just kind of, you know, the thing I've always kind of always been instilled into me. Um, and I kind of always just use that, you know, every day. Good advice. For sure. Yeah. Um, so being an award winner, you must be successful in your job. You must be at a successful facility. Um, what does the word success mean to you? Um, it's, it's a really, really good question. I've been, th- I've been thinking about this for a while now, and I think everybody's answer is different. Um, whatever profession that we're in, whatever position that we're in, we kind of look at success as, you know, success differently. Um, you know, I, I see myself, I've been here for six years and if I look back now to when I started, do I feel like it's been a success? I do. I feel like I've installed a lot of things here at the club. I've, you know, not only made 
my coworkers happy. I've made my members happy. Um, I've done everything to my best ability. When maybe that time, you know, when I leave here or graduate to a new position, at that time, I'll look back as my, you know, my entire assistant career and I'll see that is that a success or was that not a success? Um, you know, some, some people want to, you know, play more golf and play in more tournaments. Um, some people want to teach more. Some people want to, you know, run the daily, daily operation more. So, um, I think, just, I think, I think success is you know, different for everyone. Um, but for me, um, you know, I was brought on here to be, be the main, assistant for men's events, um, outside operations and kind of help run in the operation. And for the last six years, I feel like it's been a success. I feel like we've taken this facility and take it to new, new heights that no one's ever seen here before. And I'm hoping to continue that as long as I'm here. Um, so I'm hoping to, you know, obviously, you know, whenever that time comes, maybe, you know, here soon or here later, who knows when I, you know, want to become either a head golf professional or teaching instructor or whatever it may be. I don't know my route, but when, when that time, time is up, I really want to look back at myself, my time here and my time at, um, my other two facilities as an assistant and call that a success. And right now I believe I have, and I'm hoping to, to continue that. <laughs> That sounds great. And from a from an outsider's perspective, I know this is probably one of very few times that you and I have met. Um, you're very successful. Thank you. You're doing a great job and well awarded for the Assistant Professional of the Year Award. So congratulations. Thank you. I'm, I'm very excited uh, to represent the entire Colorado section. Uh, it's just an honor. It's been it's it's been a couple years that I've really wanted to win this award. So finally getting this uh, the call. Uh, I'm just super excited. Uh, my members are all excited once once we kind of send it out to everybody. Uh, everyone's been congratulating me. Um, so it's just a true honor to, to be the award winner. Well, congratulations, Marcus. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Holly. I really appreciate it. My next guest is 2023 Colorado PGA Teacher of the Year, Ed Oldham. A 40-year member of the Colorado section, Ed has taught thousands of students and is well-known in Colorado and throughout the country in coaching. One thing that has always stuck out to me about Ed is his relentless drive to learn. Every time I've ever connected with him, he's either just returning or leaving soon for some kind of educational event. Sometimes he's a guest, sometimes he's a speaker. A well-deserved recipient of the Teacher of the Year Award, let's hear from him now. Well, Ed Oldham, Teacher of the Year, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Elevation Podcast. Um, I'd like to just start, obviously, you have an incredible teaching career. You're really well known across the country and especially in the Colorado section for for your great advancements in teaching and your knowledge base. Um, what's some of the best advice you could give another golf professional or an associate about growing your teaching business and your clientele? First, I think... Um make people better. I mean, that's, that sounds pretty basic, but, uh, if you make them, make them better, uh, you know, their friends see it, they tell their friends, their friends 
want a piece of that as well. Uh, but the other thing I would say on that is uh, this is a relationship business, just like many other businesses are. I think you build good relationships with people. Uh, they're going to also want to want to come back to see you. So I think people skills are important. I couldn't agree more. Golf is definitely a people people business. What if any, do you have a favorite part of the game to coach when you give a lesson? Do you just get super excited about teaching any specific subjects? You know, I like teaching full swing uh, and I like teaching shots around the green. Those are probably my two favorites. Um, I have uh, had a lot of success at, at helping people with their full swings. But um, one of my mentors, which I think we're going to talk about in a little bit, has been James Siegman. And a um, very organized approach to helping people with shots around the greens. And I've just come to really enjoy that. Any particular club when you talk about full swing? I mean, there can be so much variety there. You know, everybody's different. So, um, like the the lesson that I've come got coming up here in a little while, I'd send him a pre lesson questionnaire. He wants to work on irons. Um, I had a guy the other day that uh, sticks in my mind that uh, uh, he was pretty good with his irons, but was horrible with his driver. So, you know, everybody's different, and you just have to solve that puzzle in front of you. How do you go about, you mentioned your questionnaire, how do you go about getting to know your student in order to best help them? I know you said, obviously making people better makes you a good, a good teacher. How do you, how do you learn about someone before you get even step up onto the lesson tee? First thing I do is uh, once I, I get a new student in my system and they booked a lesson, I send them a pre-lesson questionnaire. It's got about 20 questions on it. Uh, everything from, uh, their lesson history, uh, injuries, surgeries, physical limitations, uh, you know, just basic, tell me about your game. Um, what are your bad shots? Um, you know, what's your handicap? What's the lowest your handicaps ever been? So it's just a variety of questions that uh, give me a little bit of a head start. And then when the person's standing in front of me, I might have some additional questions uh, that supplement that. But the more I get to know somebody, uh, the better off we are and the more I can help them. So uh, it, it all comes down to, um, you know, what are your bad shots? What, what's your time commitment? And let's put together a plan and, and uh, make it a little bit better. That's an important question, too, about the time commitment. You know, are you dedicating an hour a day to practice? Are you dedicating an hour a month to practice? You know, there's a really big variety there. I had a guy in front of me yesterday who played in the USAM at Cherry Hills this year, made the match play at the at the national mid-am. So good player. And uh ask him about, you know, tell me about your practice lately. So I haven't been practicing. <laughs> so like I said, everybody's different. <laughs> I mean, I would love to just have that much raw talent in like my pinky. <laughs> I didn't practice, but I, I still made the match play. It's fine. Yeah. That's crazy. Goodness gracious. That is crazy. Um, so you mentioned Siegman as one of your mentors. Who who has maybe been your biggest mentor and what have you learned? Uh, through the Skilled Coaching Alliance, it's John Donegan, who's a top 100 teacher, and Dr. Will Wu. Uh, Dr. Wu is a motor learning professor at Cal State Long Beach, but he also uh, works with tour players, not on necessarily what to do, but how to do it. And so he's, he's an expert in the kind of the motor control and learning field. Those two uh, have 
been mentors. John's become a, a very good friend of mine. Um, but if I've got a situation like I had, I had a, a division one female last summer who said she was having problems on slow greens. And so I had made a couple of suggestions, but I also texted, uh, texted Will and said, Hey, here's a situation that, uh, I've never heard before. What would you suggest? So those those two, uh, John Danigan and Will Wu, have been uh, very helpful uh, to me lately. Uh, a guy named Jason Meesh, uh, who owns uh, Peak Golf and Fitness in Maryland, but he's also a 3D expert. Uh, anytime that I capture um, some 3D with somebody, uh, and it's unusual. I send it to Jason and we end up having a phone conversation and, and email back and forth about that. So he's been very helpful uh, in the 3D space for me. And then, of course, James Siegman with Short Game. So, you know, over the years, I've had a ton of mentors, but but those people that I mentioned have been more helpful to me lately. Some of those names I'm familiar with and some of them I'm honestly not. So I might do some Googling when we're off our off our call. There you here. go. <laughs> Um, how, how did you go about finding those people as mentors? Uh, for James Siegman, he, um, he's written a couple of books. Um, he's spoken to the Colorado section at least once, maybe twice. And I really, I just really liked his stuff. So, uh, I sent him an email and said, I'd like to, I'd like to come spend some time with you on the tee. So I went to Omaha and and spent a day with him watching him teach. In fact, I'm doing it again this coming Tuesday, uh, going to Omaha again. And uh, since that first time that I went and watched him teach, uh, any time that I have an issue, uh, I just, you know, it's a bunker shot or a shot around the green, uh, maybe somebody with a little less flexibility, for example, I sent him an, e I sent him an email with uh, some video and then within 24 hours, he, he responds to me and says, hey, here's, here's what I would do. Wow, that's amazing. And how, great. how often do you communicate with those that you consider mentors? You know, I, I think it's uh, probably with John Donegan, it's pretty frequent. Uh, we might not talk about golf swings. We might, we might be just chatting about his daughter playing college golf. But like I said, he's become a pretty good friend of mine. But I talk to him uh, pretty frequent. Uh, James a little less frequent. Will, um, when I have an issue, I'll talk to him. Through the Skilled Coaching Alliance, uh, they do, when they have a semester going on, they do uh, what they call office hours every other Monday night. And it's just a Zoom call. And uh, so everybody hops on the Zoom call and you can ask questions. And and uh, it's been fantastic. I was involved in the Skilled Coaching Alliance way back in the first semester when they did it. I don't know, it was probably four years ago. And I still get involved with the office hours on Monday nights. I still call in and uh, it, because it's been such a fantastic learning experience to have have Will go off on a motor learning subject. And uh, it just gives gives you little little tidbits here and there that can help people to learn better or help people to practice better. So it's been it's been fantastic. Well, and I want to highlight something that you just said. Um, you know, when you get together with some of these people, 
it's, it may not be about golf. You know, mentors can, can help in so many different areas. You know, you as a person, your family, it's just, it's a friend that helps you grow and can give advice and can listen when you need it and things like that. So I, I think that's a really important point that you make that mentors are not necessarily always like cookie cutter, business questions, business lunch, and then you're done. It's, you can really build relationships that way. So I can really appreciate that. I had, I had done skill coaching Alliance and then went to the PGA show and I had six days where I was at the PGA show and I had education every day. And John happened to be in every one of my classes, except for one. So, uh, like-minded, like-minded people. And we ended up having lunch one day and, and we just hit it off. So, uh, we've, we've kept in touch. I went and watched him teach for a couple of days and uh, he teaches in the Philadelphia area. I stayed at his house and, and that was, that was pretty cool. We shared a couple That's- of bottles of wine. <laughs> there you go. That's perfect. It helps if you have similar taste in wine. <laughs> yeah, I think we do. Yeah, that's good. Um, if you could pinpoint one, maybe that's this is probably a hard question with your career, but what is your most memorable moment as a coach? I just got chills thinking about one of them. Uh, I, I would say two. Number one, the one that just gave me chills, uh, 2021 Solheim Cup. Uh, Jennifer Cupcho was playing in the Solheim Cup. For some of the rounds, I got to walk inside the ropes with her. And that was such a cool event. It was at the Inverness Club in Toledo, Ohio. Those girls played 6,900 yards and handled it. And they, they were so good. But it was it was cool being there. And it was cool having one of my students uh, participate in the event. And I still have a video on my phone of her first tee shot. And that was one of those situations where, you know, she was doing this to get the crowd going. And then all the U.S. players were doing the same thing. And it was loud. And she just blasted one right down the middle. But she also told me later on her hands were shaking. So, (laughs) but that was pretty cool. Um, The other thing, um, recently, I got an email from golf magazine uh, said that I was included in the list of top 100 teachers in America. And that's been something that it's always been kind of a, not really a goal of mine, but always thought, you know, wow, that would be, that would be a nice honor. And that that's something that happened uh, back at the end of July. So um, that was pretty cool. Well, this is a pretty exciting year for you. You get the uh, Teacher of the Year Award for the section and get the Golf Magazine. I think you and I spoke or emailed recently that didn't you get the news like in the same week? In the same week. Yeah, that was a pretty good week. (laughs) (laughs) I'll bet. That's really neat. Well, congratulations on the the, um, top 100 teachers list, too. That's quite an accomplishment. Thank you. you. That's something I'm very proud of. Um. If you could pick one word to describe your teaching career, what would it be? Persistent. Um, I got in the business because I wanted to teach. There wasn't such a thing. I mean, I got in the business so long ago, Holly, that there wasn't such thing as a director of instruction back then. But um, I got in the business. I had a lot of influential coaches uh, growing up, and uh, I wanted to teach golf. And I wanted to be a coach. And... Um, so it's been 
Uh, that was more than 40 years ago, and it's I, I'm still learning. I it's been a journey of of learning. You know, you learn something new, and you go out on the tee and you apply it. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But it allows you to have a whole bunch of stuff in your toolbox. And when you get somebody in front of you who's got a certain problem, okay, I I know how to fix this. And that's that's the one thing. And uh, you know, I'm uh, here as I was telling you. Soon I'm going to uh, TPI Golf Level Three at Carlsbad. Uh, I'm going to another event in December. Uh, I'll probably do TPI is offering a, an advanced biomechanics class online. I'll probably do that this winter. Uh, maybe go to the PGA show and do some more education. We'll see. We'll see what comes up. So it's just, uh, you know, it's been a lifelong learning journey for me. And I'm going to keep doing that as long as I, as long as I'm trying to help people, I'm going to continue to try to learn. I think that's great advice. And I aspire to be a continuing learner until I get to 40 years in my career. That's quite a, quite there an accomplishment in and of itself. <laughs> Good advice. I like that. Well, Ed Oldham, thank you so much. Congratulations on being the Colorado PGA teacher of the year for this year. And congratulations on your golf magazine, top 100 list. It's been a, it's thank been you, a year. I appreciate it. Thank you. It has been, I appreciate it. Last but not least, we'll close out the episode with our 2023 Colorado PGA Golf Professional of the Year, Bob Doyle. I had the privilege of getting to know Bob when he came on board as the Interim Executive Director of the Colorado PGA in 2021. Bob's dedication to the Colorado section and PGA span an over 40-year career, and he has done so much in that time. What really strikes me about Bob is his focus on the PGA of America golf professionals around him. He really does try to make an incredible effort to always put them first, and I'm not sure I have ever heard him turn down the opportunity to help his fellow members. Here's your 2023 Golf Professional of the Year. Bob Doyle, thank you so much for joining us for this episode, um, highlighting some of our award winners. And we're going to wrap it up with our 2023 Golf Professional of the Year. How does that title sound to you? Well, it's amazing. It's overwhelming. Uh, when we talked on the phone, Holly, I, I couldn't believe it. It was a great surprise. And uh, I didn't expect this at all. But it's uh, always an honor. It's, um, yeah, it's kind of a capper to, to have done this as long as I have and to get this award it's amazing when I got the, the letter signed by both Jim Hayek and our president Kathy Matthews Kane it was really pretty emotional and overwhelming it was it was crazy and I'm again I'm honored and you're no stranger to awards at this point um, I was doing a little bit of digging around in our history and I think this is number six for you is that right for section awards yeah, I I think that's right, and I um, I've got a couple of them hanging on the wall, and um, it's it's pretty special. I, you know, this is probably our highest award without a doubt. But uh, when I won the Vic Klein Award for leadership, uh, that was very very special because all of us that have been in the boardroom any time over the last forty or fifty years know what. Vic has meant to our section as a leader. And when I won that award, that was that was pretty amazing too. So I think 
I think this award and when I won the Vic Klein Award for Leadership, uh, those are the two that have meant the most to me. And I can't, I don't have the history in front of me right now, but uh, it's been about 23 years since the last time that you won Golf Professional of the Year. Is that right? Yeah, I, I won it. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. 23 years ago is when I was outgoing as section president. Um, and, you know, it's typical that our president wins because if you read the definition of the award, really, you almost have to be an officer or somebody serving in a, a capacity um, to win the award. Um, one of our board members, something like that. So really, it's kind of unusual if somebody, somebody that's not on our board or sitting in one of our officer chairs wins the award. So I, um, you know, it's, at that time, I, I was outgoing as president. But when I won it back in the 1990s, I was on our board, but uh, I think I won that, that award that time because I was our secretary treasurer at the time. But I also brought the then Nike tour, now the Corn Ferry tour to the state for a couple of years. So I, I won the award uh, then for uh, being involved in a number of different capacities. Well, that's amazing. And definitely no small feat for you to, uh, to keep, keep contributing well into, you know, retirement and your multiple decades as a golf professional. For that, I know you've got a ton of great experience and I'm sure are just chocked full of amazing advice. Um, what's one piece of advice that you would give to the next generation of golf professionals or current associates? Well, one of the greatest things that I was ever able to do, I was involved with the accreditation team for the uh, our university program, our PGA university program. I did that while I was on our national board and actually after. So I was involved with that for eight years. And really the best thing I did as I traveled to all the universities, Holly, is I got to have lunch with a group of students. It would be six, eight, ten students. And they always ask me this question. Am I doing the right thing? Is my, are my mom and dad paying for the right kind of degree? You know, are we wasting our money? Am I wasting my time? And I'll, to answer this question, I'll tell you what I used to tell them. It is a great time to, be, to become a golf professional and specifically a PGA golf professional because if, if you look at the data, we have so many people my age and a little younger that are moving out of their roles in clubs and golf courses, that there are going to be so many opportunities. Uh, the job market is just going to open up for young golf professionals. So to get involved in your 20s, early 30s right now, it's just a great time. So work hard, learn the business, study hard, learn the business. I think the next 10 years is just going to be ripe um, with opportunity for people that are getting into our business right now. I couldn't agree more with you. I think there's a huge generational shift that's going on in workplaces, regardless of the industry. So that's that makes me confident that uh, you're giving good advice for a lot of people. There's a lot of those high-level positions that are going to come open, and whether you know, new, uh, new golf professionals or associates take those or they're able to move into a, a spot that someone else vacates to take one of those. You've got a chance to work for a lot of great leaders and a lot of great places. 
um, through that shift. So that's really cool. And that said, though, you know, we have to keep in mind it's not the business I worked in. You know, it just always changes. I, I think the one great thing, and this applies to any business, but, you know, I lived through it over the last five or six decades. About every 10 years, there's been a major shift in the golf business, and you have to be able to adapt. You've got to be dedicated enough and smart enough to adapt to all the things that go on in our business. Um, you know, one of the people we're going to be honoring uh, at our awards tonight uh, is Rip Arnold. Uh, Ralph, his nickname was Rip Arnold. He was a golf professional for years and years at Cherry Hills. He was our section president and golf professional in 1960 when, when the, the Open was at the U.S. Open was at Cherry Hills. Well, he served an old-time apprenticeship when he was still in high school. Well, I think back on that, that, that was so – he was an apprentice as a high school kid. Well, none of us worked in that golf business. The, the kind of experience I had as a you know, 21-year-old apprentice, 24-year-old apprentice, apprentice head pro actually, isn't the same kind of experience that young people are having today or new people – our business are having today. So all that said, uh, we need to be smart, adapt, and stay dedicated to what's going on. But the business is just always changing. Yeah, and we've, we're fortunate enough in Colorado to have a ton of really great uh, mentors. Rip, you, we've got a lot of them on our board. We've got a lot of them, you know, as past presidents that are still in the section. So we're really fortunate there with such a great group what do you think is the common denominator between them? What makes a great golf professional? You know, the, the word dedication, you know, as, as when I won this award, I've had a lot of time to reflect, Holly. And I'll tell you, the, the one thing that just rings through is the word dedication. So Ed Oldham, who's been a friend now for years and years, Ed was still in high school when my, well, my, my wife, Travella, and I were running a little golf course in Rifle, Colorado, and I first met Ed. And I think about how dedicated Ed has been to learning and becoming a great teacher, and he has become a great teacher. And the dedication that took, you know, when I think about uh, Stuart Bruning and the dedication he's had, you know, he built the Golf Club at Paradise. And the things he's done, and, and we're also honoring him at our awards dinner when, when I'm winning my award. I mean, all of these people, and that's the common thread. I mentioned the client earlier. I think about Kyle Hine, who's been at Iwan for way over 40 years now. What separates the Colorado section from many other sections is we have people who have stayed in their jobs, stuck stuck with our section for decades and decades and that's really unusual and the dedication that takes is i, I think one of a kind for for colorado you named some really great golf professionals for sure that we're very proud to have in our section um you kind of touched on a little bit and we've talked that this is your sixth section award among them being multiple golf professionals of the year throughout your career, throughout your awards, what's your greatest accomplishment? 
Well, with, without a doubt, Holly, the, when, when I was awarded the, originally it was a lease and it morphed into a management contract to Riverdale. When, when I was awarded that originally, the original contract short term was in 1985 and then the first lease was in 1986. That led to so many other things. That opened the door for me to be able to do so many things. Uh, it helped me build a reputation as an operator. It helped me get involved with the PGA. It afforded me the time in the 1990s and 2000s to be as involved as I was with the PGA uh, at a section level and eventually the national level. Without that, I wouldn't have been able to do much else. Uh, the kind of job that turned into just really help my family out. Just, you know, without a doubt, that was kind of the door opener to, to every, everything else. And, you know, that that was it. And at the time, I was only 30 years old. So that, uh, you know, without a doubt, that was, that, that was the, that was the greatest accomplishment that led to so many other things from there. I, I lobbied the USGA to host a USGA event in 1993. It gave me the opportunity to work with the tour. It, it gave me the opportunity to work with great people at Riverdale and at other places. So, and without a doubt, that was that was the key. That sounds like a really great experience and at a great time in your career. That's yeah, like uh, yeah, yeah, and it was a big job. You know, I think back, Holly, we. We had years at those two golf courses, counting our comp rounds. We, you know, we were running about a hundred thousand rounds of golf, and you know, people know how you know that that blows them away. But uh, we ran a lot of golf. We did fun things every year. Every single year, we tried to do something either in amateur golf or or with a section to host a big event. Um, you know, and obviously we hosted some national things and. It was just a blast. It was, it was fun, and um, uh, it was a lot of hard work. It got to be too much hard work at times, but it was, it was really cool. I love that. Well, you've had such a great career, and I know that's a huge accomplishment for you to get the uh, the contract and in, in management uh, position at Riverdale. What in your career are you most proud of? Well, honestly, what I am most proud of is my associated association with the section. Uh, when I think about what our Colorado section has and what we've been able to do, you know, the, the circumstances around me winning this award, um, you know, that was a that was a tough time. And when I think about our leadership and what we were able to do to overcome that. You know, there was a time we wouldn't have been able to do that. I, and I am so proud that we've got a leadership group that can move on from tough times like that. It just means a lot to me, right? And our board, our officers, uh, we, we took that on and, and we moved on. And I'm proud that I was some small part of that. I feel lucky that I have the kind of experience and have the the, the time and the connections to, to help out in some small way. But I think about our staff at that time, our board, all our leaders, 
to be able to move on, I think says a lot about our section and the kind of people we have. And that's taken decades to build. And, and honestly, I think that's what I'm most proud of. Sure, I've done a lot personally, I've done a lot professionally, but when I think about really big picture, that's pretty cool what we've done as a section. Being able to be close enough to the section office, obviously working in it and being able to know a lot of our history and interact with people like yourself. And you mentioned like Vic Klein, Kyle Hyen, a lot of people who've been involved for decades longer than I have been on this planet. Um, It's it's just amazing to see where we've been, what we've accomplished and where we're heading. It's it's such a great section and, and it's been on the shoulders of really hardworking and dedicated people. So fantastic that you've been a part of it. Yeah, it's great. I'm, again, I'm, that's, I'm just so proud of it and proud of the people that have been involved. To kind of cap it off, can you describe your career in one word? What would it be? Well, I've used the word to, to describe um, another question you had for me, Holly, but you know, it's dedication. You know, I, I didn't mean to be dedicated every day, but looking back on it, it's taken dedication on my part, on the part of my family to uh, help me uh, do all the things I've done. You know, for, for years, I always missed our anniversary because that's when the district meeting was for, um, for, for our district to get together in February. And you know what, Jodell never said anything about it. You know, I can't tell you how many birthdays I've missed, how many ball games I've missed, how many different things I've missed. But, you know, I've, I was dedicated to what I set out to do, uh, both in business and for the PGA of America. And day in, day out, I didn't think I was that dedicated, but when I look back on it, I think I probably was. And that's that's the way I would describe it is I'm very dedicated to what I what I do. I did it in business and I've tried to do it with PGA and, and with our most particularly probably with the car section. Well, having gotten the opportunity to work with you a bunch over the last few years. I can honestly say thank you so much for your dedication. You've had an incredible career that is still going. Um, And we're so proud to have you as part of the Colorado PGA. And my sincerest congratulations to you for being our 2023 Golf Professional of the Year. Thanks, Holly. That means a lot. Thanks very much. Thanks Thanks for having me on, too.